I am here to learn about job sharing as a potential way to help with the great resignation, said a participant at my roundtable discussion at the Hacking HR conference. How things have changed over the last two years since I started my podcast. Hello, everyone. I am celebrating the upcoming 100th episode of my podcast. Today's solo episode will include highlights from previous conversations and a reflection what I have learned from talking with global experts from 17 countries over the past two years. I planned that podcast well before the pandemic hit. My goal was to share best practice on how to attract and retain talent by focusing on flexible work methods like job sharing, four-day week, and part-time careers. Why was that so important to me? As a returning professional myself, I knew personally and through conversations and research that without more flexible work across all job levels, experienced professionals were and are still struggling to return to a career position that matches their potential. Working fewer hours then full-time does not mean diminished ambition, motivation, or competence. I realized that to reduce the stigma of flexible work, which is often seen like a mammy track, I needed to highlight professional dads who were talking about their advocacy for equal access to parental leave, care work, and flexible work for anyone. I was appreciative to also speak with organizations that provide support for professional returners. And last but certainly not least, I realized that it was critical to make HR and business leaders see the transferable business and soft skills that returners as well as professionals working flexibly gain during their often unpaid work outside the business setting. Since the outset of my podcast, I have also addressed with my guest the topics of older professionals. It overlaps with the fact that many returners may be 40 plus years old. Also, job sharing can be used as an excellent intergenerational mentoring opportunity as well as a way to establish a succession planning. I realized that the importance of letting young adults, leaders, career and HR professionals working with them know prior to their career or in their early career um, that there are many other aspects of the career besides applying for a job, such as learning more about flexible work and understanding transferable skills. And this is why I created a special It's Possible series in conjunction with the Canada Career Month. During this pandemic, care work was often mentioned as the reason for professionals to have to opt out. I felt it was so important to emphasize the transferable skills that can be learned from so many of the life modules, such as care work, extensive traveling, volunteering, and more from outside of the professional world. 
And that's why I created a special 31 days of transferable skills initiative that included several guests on podcast episodes. It was great to see in a recent LinkedIn survey that 50% of hiring managers believe that career breaks create valuable skills for the workplace. LinkedIn has definitely stepped up to support unpaid care workers during the past two years, thanks to Heather Boland's viral article, official job titles such as stay-at-home parent, caregiver, and more were introduced on LinkedIn a year ago. I appreciated the opportunity to have Heather on my podcast together with Laurie Sugarman Lee, who wrote the thought-provoking article, I don't get paid, so what am I worth? And Victoria Ypri, whose poll whether or not to use these titles went viral and created a lot of discussion. Very recently, LinkedIn introduced on top of these official job titles, the career break feature. One can now choose career break during someone's experience and then pick a reason such as being a caregiver. While I'm personally not a big fan of the word career break, as in my mind, the difference really is that one type of work is paid and the other one is not, and that the unpaid work will teach career-enhancing skills, I strongly believe that this feature will normalize these life experiences going forward and will enable professionals to return to paid work more easily. I was delighted to see data analysis related to returning professionals via my conversation with Professor Joe Fuller from the Harvard Business School. His recent co-authored report, Hidden Workers, Untapped Talent, showed that there are 27 million hidden workers in the US alone, among them unpaid care workers, caregivers, expats, veterans, and many more categories. Joe shared some of the recommendations how organizations can make changes to their recruiting to become more inclusive and hire more hidden workers. In this special episode, I will share some highlights from my conversations about job sharing. In a future additional special episode, I will talk about highlights from my non-job sharing focused guests. Often, job sharing is perceived as a new type of work concept. I was very honored to talk with Professor Reed and learn more about the book about job sharing that he co-authored 41 years ago. Having Maggie Piggott as a guest who started job sharing in the 1980s for 23 years with the same job sharing partner was very enlightening. Interestingly, it was her boss who recommended to her and her colleague, who were both working part-time at the time, to work as job-sharing partners in a full-time position. After they had worked together in seven different positions, they retired at a co-CEO level and were awarded an order by the Queen for their efforts and support regarding job-sharing. 
I was very appreciative to welcome Swiss job sharing experts Irenka Krone and Nina Prochaska as my first ever guests. They provided a great overview of the concept of job sharing and gave insights from decades plus of their own co-leading experience and support for potential job sharers through their organization PTO, Part-Time Optimization, with the website goforjobsharing.ch. If you are new to job sharing, I have put together a compilation episode of job sharers from six different countries that include audio clips from my conversation with them. Included in that episode is my conversation with Sarah Horsfall, who shared with me how job sharing has evolved in the UK over time. Esther Himmen and Katharina Winch pointed out that their research showed that many professionals are unaware of top sharing, which is basically job sharing for management and expert positions, but that professionals would be interested in it once they knew about it. JobShare Connect founders Jessica Charlson and Gina Huang Picarella shared what it is like to co-lead their organization while raising awareness of job sharing across organizations, their TEDx talk and more. Talking with German job sharing Doppelspitze really showed me how little we are only utilizing the power of job sharing. Julia and Sven have creative backgrounds from a marketing background on the one hand and working as a chef and cook on the other hand. So the potential to come up with creative solutions between them is just amazing. Job sharing can be created in most places. Professor Dr. Eleonore Sui-Winkels shared in her episode with me how she created a job sharing opportunity for a student of hers. I really appreciated learning about the combination of job sharing opportunities for returning professionals in India in my conversation with Dr. Anjali Bansal. As many people who have listened to this podcast regularly know that I'm a big fan of SAP. Under the leadership of Kava Yunosi as head of people at SAP Germany, they have implemented the potential of job sharing across all management levels and have enabled part-time careers in general. Kava's focus of happy employees equal happy customers has shined through even more so during the pandemic where they have offered online barbecues, lunch dates and more. And I'm very appreciative that I could welcome two SAP guests on my podcast so far. Nina Stressner, Head of Diversity and People Programs at SAP Germany and Thomas Angerstein, Job Sharing VP of Mission Control Support at SAP Germany for EMEA and EMEE. My guest, Ellie Oldenburg, talked about her experience as a job sharer and or part-time manager at Google while being able to create her side hustle. Taimo Arshi, founder of Job Pairing, spoke with me about various types of job sharing like two-in-a-box and time-swapping. Katharina Miller and Sigrid Uray Esterer, the co-founders of Job Twins in Austria, 
talked about how surprisingly they found it that in a country with currently few job share offers that a conservative newspaper was already offering job sharing. Sophie Smallwood shared how she co-founded Rollshare as she wanted to sustain her career growth and be an A-player parent. In her follow-up episode with me, she spoke about job sharing and the great resignation. Hannah Hall-Turner and Rachel McGuire told me how their own personal job sharing experience led them to the creation of the job share pair. And they also told me that they're quite confident that pretty much any type of position can be done in a job sharing position, maybe with the exception of being an astronaut. And in my It's Possible series, Lily Luong, a project manager for organizational culture in the tech industry, talked with me about her twice awarded master thesis that she wrote about social competencies in top sharing. One of the biggest learnings so far from having published nearly 100 episodes is that the topics that I'm talking about need to be amplified around the world and that we need more role models, especially in the senior levels of corporations, including male leaders. And I'm happy to report that, for example, in Germany, I have recently seen executives and senior leaders of various genders taking on co-leadership positions. Hosting a podcast has enabled me to meet the most wonderful people around the world who are committed to the areas of work that I feel also very strongly about. I have created memories for children, records of guests who have subsequently changed careers. So I feel I've, you know, captured a moment in time. And it's been so interesting to re-invite guests to the podcast and learn how things have changed new either concepts have developed or like how the pandemic has changed awareness of certain concepts such as job sharing that maybe would not have happened had there not been a pandemic. And I'd say there are three personal takeaways besides what I have just mentioned. I probably have read more books in the past two years then in the last maybe 10 or 15 years, thanks to many of my guests being amazing authors. Um, I'm very proud to have created a podcast because, you know, I'm not a very technical person and I'm 52. So for anybody listening out here and is wondering, well, could I do something completely different that I would have never imagined doing? Go for it. That's, that would be my advice. And, you know, as I just said, it's been just such a wonderful global community that has come out of this um, podcast. And so I really would like to say thank you to all my guests for taking the time, sharing your expertise. And I'm 
so appreciative to everybody who has listened to the podcast from more than 50 countries so they can share the knowledge they have gained within their organization. And so at the end of the day, it will enable them to retain and attract more professionals and hire also returning professionals by enabling them more flexible work opportunities and acknowledging the transferable skills that these professionals might have learned during times of their lives that was that were unpaid and outside of the professional setting. What I would also like to point out is I'm one of the early LinkedIn beta testers for audio events. Think of Clubhouse for LinkedIn. And as part of this, I'm hosting a weekly Future of Work walk. And it is on a Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time, noon Eastern. So for half an hour, I literally walk around and I encourage people who are listening in to walk with me and share their insights to future of work topics, ask me questions, and I often provide sneak previews of upcoming episodes. It'll be the next week, it'll be the eighth time that I have done it. And it's been a wonderful experience talking with people from many countries around the world about a multitude of topics and giving people an additional way to share their interest and questions across the world. Because with all the situations going on around the world, one of the key things I also wanted to do establishing that podcast is to create more global communication and to stop having to reinvent the wheel so that in one country where somebody is already doing something that is working out excellent for the companies, for the professionals to you know retain them, to attract them, that another organization in a different country could say, wow, this sounds like a great idea. I could be trying this out too. To summarize, I set out to raise awareness of flexible work to ultimately get to gender equality faster and by doing so provide business leaders and HR professionals with innovative ideas on how to retain and attract talent. In addition to accomplishing this, I also feel that this podcast has brought together a global community of like-minded people changing the future of work with their work one step at a time. I am very appreciative that I can add a small piece of global understanding and focus on equality. I look forward to having you listen to future podcast episodes. The next upcoming episode is a follow-up with my guest, Alex Suyang Kimpeng, who is the author of Shorter and Rest, and recently became the global manager of the four-day week. Thank you so much for listening to the show. 
we hope you gained valuable insights and new ideas. To keep listening to future episodes, please head over to iTunes or your favorite player and subscribe and give it a rating. We would very much appreciate a review and for you to share it on social media so more people can start innovating in how they offer employment. Until the next time, goodbye.